0: Hi folks, welcome to the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast by Gary Ryan from Organizations That Matter. In this podcast, Gary shares everything about servant leadership, service leadership, authentic leadership, how to create high-performance cultures, service excellence, and life balance. Here's your host, Gary Ryan. Thanks, Sienna, for your lovely introduction. This episode is a recording from a program I ran for club committee members at a university. University clubs are a great place to develop your leadership skills, and the focus of this episode is around high-quality conversations. Now, you don't have to be on a university club committee to get the benefits from this episode. Listen in. Take notes, you won't regret it. We're going to do that brief welcome and introduction. We'll explain the quality conversations model and help you to be aware of how the model can be used in every single conversation, especially for your clubs, but also in your studies and your part-time work and certainly in your careers moving forward. And this is going to have a positive impact on everything you do, in fact, all of your relationships. And it's to help you to understand how to leverage your skill for your personal and professional success. Water is to fish as conversation is to humans. Gosh, what does that mean? Well, a fish is swimming around in the water and it has no idea that it's in water. If you've ever been fishing or witnessed someone fishing, whether that be on a boat, on a beach, on a pier, whatever, when the fish gets pulled out of the water, assuming it's still alive, The fish, as soon as it's taken off the hook and placed down in a bucket or on the pier or on the bottom of the boat, it starts flapping around with every ounce of energy that it's got, attempting to get back into the water. You see, the fish has no idea that it's in air now. It just knows it's not in water. And and water was so, it was so used to being in water, it just had no idea that water was so precious to its existence. Arguably, it's the same for us human beings. The fact that we can converse with each other is the absolute skill, the number one skill that has enabled our species to dominate every other species on the globe. And yet, we take it for granted. We all can converse, and as a result of that, we believe that we're really good at it. And to a large degree, we are pretty good at it, but often it gets in the road when we're not as good as we could be, which is why putting some focus and effort into every single conversation and learning some critical skills to learn how to do that, is essential for your personal and professional success, and certainly, the success of your club. So here's a model. The quality of our conversations impacts the quality of our decisions, which impacts the quality of our actions and then ultimately, over time, impacts the quality of our performance. So if the quality of our conversation starts off as average or poor, then there's every chance we'll be making average or poor decisions. Our actions won't be as good as they could be and we certainly won't end up getting the overall performance that we desired. Now, you and your clubs, you're sacrificing your time, you're doing it in your spare time, you still want your club to be the best club it can be given the fact that it's run by students. Why, Why can it not still be very successful? Well, it's gonna start with the quality of your conversations and equally, you're gonna save a lot of time if you improve the quality of your conversations. So there are five characteristics of high quality conversations. The first one is to listen for understanding. Your first goal is to listen to what is being said. If you actually start to really focus on your listening, you'll find that for many of you, you're actually listening for argument, meaning you're listening to prove to the other person that they're wrong and you're right. So you've got this argumentative style. Now, if you're ever on a debating team, that's exactly what you were trained to do. I'm not saying debating's bad. I was on debating teams myself. But it does give you a highly tuned ability to pick up on things that, when you're listening to show that someone else is wrong when you are right. What we want to do is shift that focus to determining... What that I understand exactly what has been said by whomever I'm speaking with. So this is essential that we understand what is being said. So you do not have to agree with what is being said. You just need to understand it. Now to do that, listen for the nouns or naming words, the verbs or action words, or in fact, action phrases that are being said by anyone that you're listening to. So you listen for the nouns, the names of things that they use, you listen for the verbs, the action words they use, and any action phrases, words that sound like they've got some action happening in them. Now, you'll start to notice that there are lots of nouns, verbs, and action phrases being said, and there's nearly too many. Don't stress about that. Try to focus on the ones that seem to matter the most. Okay, so don't worry that there's a lot of them, just notice the key ones. Then what you want to do is you want to use those exact words and use them in your conversation. So try to listen for the names. Many of you might say, I'm very really terrible at people's names. Well, it's partly because you just haven't really ever given it deliberate focus. So if you give it deliberate focus, listen for the names of places that they've been, names of Uh, organizations that they might be talking about, names of food that they were eating, and it's okay to have questions about, you said you were eating something, what was that something again? And they will give you the noun, okay? But eating is a verb. So you said you were eating, so you picked up on that fact that they were eating, and that's the verb that you utilize in the conversation going forward. So what you want to do is to pick up on their keywords and then build them into the things that you say and in particular, the questions that you ask. Now, you wanna be careful not to parrot. So parroting means if someone said a 10 word sentence, you would copy that 10 word sentence exactly and say it back to them exactly as they said. For most people that are competent in a language, that's seen as being quite rude. So it's not a good idea to parrot someone and say back exactly what they said in an effort to show that you understood them. So just use the keywords. There is one caveat or one reason why, it, when it is okay to say back exactly what someone said, and that's if it's really clear that English is a very distant language for the person that you're speaking with, and it's very clear they have a very limited vocabulary. And with that limited vocabulary, if you can demonstrate that you have listened to every single word that they've said, then that's the only time it's okay to repeat back exactly what someone said in a conversation, okay? So in reality, that's quite rare. So as your emotional level goes up, and let's face it, sometimes on club committees, there can be a lot of passion present as we're having a conversation about something that we're trying to do or achieve. So when your emotional level goes, or passion to persuade people goes up, what do you think happens to your listening for understanding? if you said, hmm, it probably goes down, you would be right. Your listening for understanding goes down when your passion and enthusiasm for a particular subject goes up, okay? So this is something to be really important of. So what do you do if you notice that you're really passionate and energetic? Well, your body will let you know that your emotional state is going up. Your classic, your lips will get dry, your heart rate will go up, you'll feel funny in the tummy, you know, you'll feel quite energetic. These are the sorts of things that your body will tell you. So learn to notice this change in your body when you're in conversation and use it as a powerful trigger to help you to remember to do some techniques, a fundamentally mindfulness mindfulness techniques to help you get more centered so that you can continue to listen for understanding for whatever the other people are saying. So you can use these mindfulness techniques to do that. And a really simple one, for example, is to just notice your feet on the ground. In just 30 seconds of noticing your feet touching the ground, even if you're sitting or standing, or in fact walking, in just 30 seconds, You'll trigger what's known as your parasympathetic nervous system and that calms you down. Your sympathetic nervous system fires you up. Now, that's the nervous system that gets excited when you're passionate about something. So we need to trigger the parasympathetic nervous system to calm us down. And some of these mindfulness techniques and no one else has to know that you're doing it can help that to happen. So simply noticing your feet touching the ground. Notice your feet right now, for example, while you're listening to this video or notice your bottom and lower back in the seat that you're sitting in if you happen to be sitting down. You were already sitting there and you didn't even notice that your bottom and lower back were touching the seat, but they are. If you bring your attention to those parts of your body in your seat, again, just for 30 seconds, you'd be amazed at how powerful this can be at triggering your parasympathetic nervous system and calming you down, and therefore enabling you to to continue to listen for understanding. Uh, These techniques are also great when you're getting nervous. Maybe you're waiting for an interview, for example, uh, for a job and you're starting to get nervous, which is normal. You can use these techniques to actually start to calm you down for those environments as well. So the second key element of high quality conversations is to ask high quality questions. So what if, while listening, your focus was, what is the most powerful question I can ask to progress this conversation? So instead of focusing on what's the most powerful thing I can say to win this argument, if instead it was what's the most powerful question I can ask to progress this conversation, if we shifted our thinking to that. Now, you all once upon a time did this. When you were little, and you ask questions about everything in the world, especially between the ages of two to five years of age before you went to school, most of you would have asked 126 questions minimum per day because you were looking for answers to things that you were curious about. So this is about having a curious mindset to help us focus on what is the most powerful question that I can ask to progress this conversation. So what does that look like? Well. A high quality question is genuine, which means you don't actually know the answer. You're not trying to set someone up with a leading question. You're just purely curious. You really want to know what the answer is. They tend to be more open-ended questions rather than closed questions. So closed questions tend to have a single word, yes, no answer usually. Um, But that doesn't mean closed questions are bad. Most importantly, we wanna focus on asking genuine questions. I really don't know the answer to this, and that's why listening to you, I'm curious about what you're saying, and I'd like to understand more. So they are focused on the topic or the agenda of what the other person is actually talking about, not your topic or agenda. So this is a really big key. If you start asking questions about things that aren't related to what the other person was talking about, they'll be very, very, very clear that you were not, in fact, listening to them at all, and that will upset them. So high quality questions help to build shared understanding between you and the other person, and in fact, between a, an entire committee if you're asking high quality questions. Now, there's a tool that we can relate back to the Creative Tension session that you've attended already prior to this one. If you haven't, go back to number three, check out the Creative Tension because Creative Tension's a great tool to help you to ask some high quality questions, just with the way that it's structured. So you might remember for this tool is useful for planning, setting goals, overcoming challenges, connecting to the big picture and more. And it really starts with asking the question, what does success look like? You'll be amazed how often we'll be in the devil of the detail, but we haven't got a shared understanding of the success that we're trying to achieve, particularly if this is in relation to an event that you're planning. So how many students would be there if it was successful? What would be some of the things we would hear them say to each other during the event? What would be some things they would say after the event? If we went and uh, did some sort of a survey, what would the score out of five be if five was the best experience that you could imagine that they were saying that they had. So get clear about what success looks like and ask questions along those lines. Equally, using creative tension, we need to be grounded in reality. We've gotta be grounded in our current reality or our starting point. So sometimes we're not, it becomes evident that Some of us think things are going along really well and others think they're not going so well. Well, we'll need to ask some questions about where are we really at? Now, often folks, it's a combination of both. It is true. Some folks think things are going really well and some folks think they aren't. You just think of some of the subjects you're studying at university, some of the subjects you think are awesome and some of your friends think they're terrible and vice versa, so that's pretty normal. And thirdly your questions could be around the idea of what do we need to do now we nearly always have to do some research if we're going to do something so for example if you want to run something at a venue well you need to do some research to find out if that venue is available and what they're going to charge for example as some really low-level examples of doing some research so when I say research I don't mean university research I really mean you need to go and find some things out about understanding the smart hard work to do which is what we covered off in the self-talk Session, so I encourage you to go back to that session. So, again, all of these sessions are interrelated, folks, and interconnected, so they do cross over in terms of the content supporting each other. So, go and check out the session on self constructive self talk if you haven't seen that one yet. And, of course, that one always leads us to ask the question of right now, where we're at right now, in whatever direction we're going to create, whatever outcome we're trying to create, what is the most powerful and most important action that will progress the furthest towards our goal? So really getting skilled at asking that question. It's a very, very useful question that you just keep asking. Once you've completed whatever that task is, you ask it again. Right now, what is the most important action that will progress me or us the furthest toward our goal? Third, let people finish speaking. If you're the sort of person that talks over the top of people, you need to stop that it's very annoying for people and very upsetting so learn to let people finish speaking and sometimes that can be hard because maybe they're not uh, as profound at english as you are so you need to be patient so this skill builds up our attribute of patience and our characteristic of patience folks so it's really important that you let people finish speaking as much as humanly possible so notice how often people talk over the top of each other. Notice it in your committee meetings and notice it when people get passionate and energetic that that's often what starts to happen. People start to talk over the top of each other. So when you're doing it, it's a sign that you're not listening. As much as possible, again, let people finish speaking before you speak. There is a single caveat to that, is that is if someone's being off topic, it is okay to stop them and say, hey, Gary, uh, you're being off topic right now, we need to get back on track. You know, We're happy to talk about that when things finish, but right now, that's not the focus of this conversation. And you might be referencing back to an agenda, for example, that you've set to help with that. So there is that single caveat around at times. It is appropriate to say, hey, we need, I need you to stop so that we can get back on track with what we're actually supposed to be focused on. As you know, folks, the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast is proudly brought to you by Organizations That Matter. Here's a short message from our founder, Gary Ryan. Tonight, I've got a gig on that starts at 5pm through to 8pm. I've been up since 5am. The reality is, is in life, we need to have energy for action. We've got to understand how our energy works, because some days you've got to have a long day. You also need to have plenty of energy for your relationships, if you're a parent, for your wife, for your children, for your best friends. You've got to have energy for the physical things that you want to do in your life. We need energy for action. That's the beauty of my book, Energy for Success. In seven steps, my book will walk you through exactly what you need to do to identify the natural way to have energy for everything you need in your life. It's for the price of a coffee, $4.99 Australian. Seriously, it's the cheapest way to find out and work out for yourself. How do I make sure that I naturally have the energy that I need for all the things that I wanna do successfully in my life? Check it out. Now, let's return to the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast episode. Number four is share the floor. So, over the course of your committee's journey, the contribution to the overall conversation, so this is your committee meetings, your one-on-one sessions, etc., your events that you host, ought to be relatively even between all of the committee members. Normally, in a team, the most powerful people, uh, in your case, it would be the president, vice president, tend to dominate conversations. What we know through some research through Carnegie Mellon University and Google is that when that happens, teams underperform when the majority of the talking is coming from the most senior people. So by increasing the quality of our questions, what happens is we do increase the talking that other people contribute to a team environment. So when your committee president or vice president or the chairperson of the committee asks has anyone got any thoughts and a question like that a genuine question and you have please make sure that you speak up because they want to hear your voice and that will help contribute your voice will help contribute to your committee being a high performing team and therefore a high performing committee and a high performing club so your voice needs to be heard folks and The ability of people to speak up highlights psychological safety. And what psychological safety, which uh, first came to the fore through uh, Professor Amy Edmondson, is that you feel safe enough that you're not going to be ridiculed for what you say, that people will know that it's genuine and that you're, trying to contribute and they're not gonna laugh at you or they're not gonna you're not gonna get into trouble for for what you say and for what your opinion is, even if it's different than the other opinions going on. In fact, that's really important that we can get differences of appearance out there. Now that said, when you have a different opinion to other people, you still need to be prepared to listen to the other perspectives so that collectively you can hopefully discover something that no one had thought of at all and you actually discover something brand new which leads us to the fifth key element of high quality conversations. And that is that new possibilities are in fact possible. Now, by making new possibilities possible, does that mean we would necessarily do them? And of course, the answer is no, but at least they get a chance to get the light of day to be heard and then we can work out, "Mm, no, that's not for this time. But equally what it also does is allow us to discover those innovations, those innovative ideas that if they didn't get heard to start with, we'd never get to be able to pick up and run with and make happen for your club and your members. So this is how you know you're doing a high quality conversation because it is possible to discuss new possibilities. This is like a sign to be looking for to help you understand that you have in fact been putting these skills together to create a high quality conversation. So again, the five characteristics of high quality conversations is that you are listening for understanding, you ask high quality questions, you let people finish speaking, you share the floor, and new possibilities are possible. Once again, folks, this is Gary Ryan, the host of the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, make sure you go to orgsthatmatter.com forward slash newsletter and sign up. We look forward to spending time with you in the next episode.